Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Globe Effect podcast. Today, I'm hanging out with Tasha Randall. Tasha, say hello. Hey, hey! Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. So, I always like to give my guests the floor right away, so that you can share a little bit more about, you know, who are you and what do you do. Awesome. I am Tasha Randall, and I'm a career and inclusion consultant, and I help Black and Brown women get clarity, confidence, and an action plan to level up their career, um, specifically around identifying, well, what is it that's going to bring them the most excitement and fulfillment in their careers, and how do they then go and get that, um, whether that's in your current job and or moving to a new, you know, career or industry or a different company. In addition to that, I also do inclusion consulting for corporations to help them create spaces for black and brown women where they do feel included and can bring their authentic selves to work. I love that. And I got a a little chance in a window of time when we got to connect to really learn about, you know, all the bits and pieces that brought you to your present day. Um, But can you share with us a little bit about how attending your college and HBCU really impacted you and kind of opened your eyes and and how it fed into your experience um, in the, in the corporate world? Yes. Yeah, so first off, shout out to Alabama A&M University. Um, that's where I went for undergrad and it was the most amazing experience I've had in my life. Um, it definitely impacted me because um, up until going to undergrad, I had been mostly around white people. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, went to mostly white schools because you know, when I got to school age, my mom realized how important it was of education in the era that we were living in. Um, unfortunately, didn't have good schools because of the social injustice, because it was a primarily Black neighborhood that didn't have the type of funding for um, quality educational programs. It's a whole nother subject. But so she made uh, sacrifices to go um, move us out to a neighborhood that had a really good school district. And by doing that, though, I grew up in spaces where I usually was the only one that looked like me. And so mm-hmm. um, by the time I got to, you know, high school and was getting ready to graduate, it, I was just hungering to be in spaces where I had people, you know, that I could truly connect with without feeling out of place. And so that was definitely one of the things that my HBCU experience gave me is like really just being able to go be surrounded by people who look like me, who understood me. Um, and I could truly just be my full and authentic self without questioning or doubting who I was or how I showed up. Um, and then also I feel like HBCU professors give such, so much more value than just the education. Like they teach you life lessons. Um, and so I appreciate the life lessons that I got. Um, and even like our orientation, uh, the fresh, my freshman year at Alabama A&M one of the like sessions that they did was find a way or make a way. Like that was one of the fundamental uh, sessions that they led. And it's really, you know, taught life principles around like, Hey, if there's something that you're not, you're struggling with, you have a problem, like find a solution for it. If there isn't a solution already out there, make one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely had a lot of um, learning and experience and my HBCU experience left a bit major impact on my life. Yeah, I love that because you can tell it really um, was just almost magical and mystical and all the experiences you were able to gather during those years because they fly by, you know how they say, you're a freshman <laughs> one day, <laughs> you're the next. But fast forward, you know, you're graduating, you're entering the workforce, you know, how did you feel entering the workforce um, and kind of feel like you couldn't be your, your authentic self and how did you navigate that? Yeah, so it definitely was a different experience of having four years of being surrounded by people who look like me and being able to show up fully, you know, myself without question or doubt and then going into the corporate world around, yet again, mostly white people who, you know, didn't look like me, didn't necessarily understand me fully, um, was definitely an adjustment. And so there was times where I felt like I couldn't show up and be my full authentic self because moments where I would do that, it, you know, there were certain looks or raised eyebrows that would come up that made me question like, oh, may- okay, maybe this isn't going to be accepted here. Um, and so I felt like, you know, I had to conform to meet kind of what the expectations were within the company and to be able to succeed. And so it definitely was hard. Um, there was a lot of struggles um, in terms of me being happy because I was most like, you know, having to conform most of the time. And then also in addition to that, like just the self-doubt that starts to start to like come in because it's like, okay, well, I want to show up as my authentic self, but I'm getting all these cues that tell me that maybe it's not okay. And now I'm questioning, like, maybe I'm not enough because I have to alter myself to be able to succeed. I love that. Can you describe, like, what were the feelings of not being able to show up like your authentic self? Like, did it feel like you were being, like, belittled or, like, kind of, like, draw that picture for me? Because I think that's, like, there has to be more people that feel this way. Oh, it's belittling. It's um, soul sucking mm-hmm. <laughs> is how I would describe it. It's also mentally exhausting yeah. because, you know, I talk about, like, the fact of when you're not being your authentic self, you're having to put on this mask and wearing that mask can be tiring. Like it's exhausting because you literally are putting on a filter every day and it takes mental effort to like mask what is your normal and natural reaction mm-hmm. or normal and natural expressions or um, thoughts and how you would naturally show up. It's like, oh no, I have to put an extra lens on that and put some thought process into like, okay, how here's how I would normally say it, but here's what maybe I should say instead in order for it to be accepted in this environment. Yeah. And so it's exhausting. It also, you know, makes you feel unseen mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not giving you really all of who I am. I'm a different person outside of work than what I am inside of work. So I really don't feel like you see me and understand me. Yeah, I love that metaphor of the mask because it really puts into perspective like how you're completely like covering up everything mm-hmm. you are underneath. So that's really, really powerful. Can you share how ultimately time away from your work or from your job led you to start your own business? Yeah, so fast forward several years later, um, I had, I, you know, graduated from undergrad, went into corporate, 
went back to get my MBA because at the time I was feeling like overworked, overwhelmed, et cetera, and Mm -hmm. didn't know exactly what I wanted to do next, but knew I didn't want to stay where I was at. So I was like, hey, I can use my MBA program to like, look like I still have my life together while I have some take a pause to get it together. (laughs) Got through the MBA program and went to go work for another, uh, another corporation and, you know, ended up call it three years in kind of being in that same space that I was before where I was still feeling like this isn't cracked up to be everything that I was hoping for. I'm wanting more. I'm unfulfilled, feeling overvalued, feeling undervalued and overworked. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't feel like I'm set up to be able to like really show up as my authentic self and succeed. And so at that time I decided to take a sabbatical and took three months off work. During that time, It was really transformational for me in the sense that it gave me some time to really pause and to slow down and get really clear about what I wanted. Because like I said, I'd been in this situation before. I'd going back to get my MBA and then thought like, oh, getting my MBA was going to kind of help me solve everything and go to a new company. I'm going to have it all figured out basically by then. And it really wasn't getting to the root issue. Mm -hmm. And so by taking that time off work to be able to pause and to get clear about what the root issue was, like what was driving my unfulfillment, what was uh, leading me to not feel like I could really bring all of my authentic self to work, what was most important to me in terms of my values, the gifts um, and talents that I brought to the table, and being clear about um, basically my power, like the power that I had within me um, and choosing to step into that power was really impactful. And so during that time, um, I spent a lot of time self-reflecting, getting clear on my values, talents, purpose, and my passions, laying out an action plan to be able to figure out like, okay, well, what are my next steps from here? Like once my sabbatical is over, what do I do next? And I also, during that time, spent a lot of time talking with God and he showed me several things throughout that journey. One of them being the reminder that he had, you know, put on my heart you know, over 10 years ago, she started a coaching business and I had put it off because of self-doubt and thinking that I wasn't qualified enough. And I'm like, oh, I need more years under my belt. I need this. I need that. I need, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I just kept putting it off. So during this time, he also worked with me on understanding that what I was going through at the time was not just for me. Like he showed me that there are other women out here who are going through the same struggles that you are in your career. Absolutely. And this lesson is not just meant for you. Um, And so he tied that back to the, you know, coaching vision that he gave me. And so also during the time of my sabbatical, I realized, okay, well, I can't just hold this transformation that, you know, I've been able to receive to myself, like, because there are so many other women who look like me who need the same thing. And so, you know, I strongly believe that to whom much is given, much is expected. And so I felt like it was my duty and my calling to be able to pour into other women who were going through the same struggles. And so out of that birthed Real Talk Tasha. And that's when I started my career and in inclusion consulting company um, to be able to help other women get through the same thing that I was going through so that they can actually have fulfillment and walk in their power and their purpose. Mm, I love that. I love that it took a lot of like, kind of like wrestling with the self-doubt for everything to come to be. Um, My next question was going to be, you know, how 
has your battle been with the imposter syndrome, either inside of work or in your own business or in, in launching your business? And maybe some tips you'd give the listeners on overcoming it or kind of um, subduing it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so imposter syndrome has been an ongoing battle. And one of the things that I realize and also tell clients is like, imposter syndrome is not something that you can ever really completely get rid of. You learn yeah, because we all have different. it. <laughs> exactly. And there, and you, different stages of life bring on different levels of imposter syndrome yeah. um, and different levels of doubt. Like I've heard CEOs and CMOs and celebrities talk about struggling with imposter syndrome. Like mm-hmm. no matter how high or how high up you get in your life or how far you go on your journey. Like I, I want to make sure people are clear that imposter syndrome is something that can still, you know, rear its ugly head. But what's important is that you have tools to be able to overcome it. And so for me, like throughout that battle of um, at that moment when I was struggling with imposter syndrome, a lot of it was tied transparently to the fact that, you know, being the only one that looked like me in these spaces and not fully being accepted or appreciated and not feeling seen made me start to doubt my worth and what I brought to the table. Mm. And so some of the things that I did and tips that I would give the listeners to put into practice is write down your accomplishments because oftentimes we can easily forget, especially if you are a high achiever like me, um, you do a lot of things and you achieve a lot, but then you're like on to the next thing. You're like, okay, well now cross it off my list, done, check, complete. Let me now go and figure out what's the next thing I want to tackle. Um, and you can often forget about how the long list of things you've already accomplished because you're so focused on that next thing. And so regardless of how big or small it is, I encourage you to write down your list of accomplishments because it's a reminder of the value that you bring because it's so easily forgotten. And so in those moments when you are struggling with doubt, you can go back and reference like, okay, no, I am enough. I have accomplished and I accomplished a lot. I do bring value to the table and here's my track record of results. Um, another thing that I've, I found personally helpful is affirmations, especially as a black woman going into corporate spaces surrounded by people who don't look like me and don't often always understand me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, and dealing with things like microaggressions, racial trauma that can come at work. Um, you can kind of get the life sucked out of you. Like when you get in those environments or feel a little beat down. And so for me, it's important to build myself up before going into those environments so that I, you know, have the mental fortitude to continue to push forward and to know my worth and value, even when the environment that I'm in might be making me feel as though I'm not bringing value. And so I say affirmations in the mornings and throughout the day at times, anytime that I need it, to be able to fortify my mindset that way I don't ha- I'm less likely to have those moments of doubt creep in I love that I love what you said about writing down your accomplishments because instantly my brain went to uh when you have seasonal reviews and yeah. it's like what have you done what haven't you done this is what you could work on it you know it, I I relate those meetings with like so much fear um and underselling 
my ability to perform in my job. So me working at a university, I'm like, oh shoot, like I should really start writing things down like yesterday because I'm going to get into and that, this thing and be like, oh yeah, sure. And that's a great, that's a great example because I know a lot of people um, struggle with that and I have too, is like when you get to the end of year reviews, you're like trying to reflect on everything. It's like, oh crap, what have I, what have I done? And so one of the things I've done even practically for that example is I write it down throughout the year. Like I keep a running note of like things I've accomplished. That way when I get to the year end review, I'm not struggling to think about like, oh, what all did I accomplish? Because it's so easy to forget the things if you don't write it down in the moment. Yeah. You don't have to spend some time sitting and truly reflecting on it. Yeah, I really need to implement that in my, in my daily work because... <laughs> There's so much going on and fires getting set out and I don't get yeah. <laughs> The other thing that I've even done to, um, and just did it again today, I keep a folder of like congratulatory remarks that come from like coworkers or mm -hmm. friends or stuff for things that I've done because it's a reminder of like, oh yeah, I do remember doing that and, you know, people acknowledge and appreciated it. And mm -hmm. so those I also use in like performance reviews and also just reminders to myself of the value that I bring. That's a really good tip because aside from the writing down, it's, it's other, other people's writing of you. So mm -hmm. it's really um, sheds light on your greatness and your abilities. Uh, I was wondering what advice you'd give to a woman, you know, who needs assistance on getting like super clear or identifying what they want that next step in their career, you know, how they add value in their current role. Like what advice would you be so that give them so that they can kind of like, uh, get more wide-eyed and like be like oh shoot like it's been here all along right so self-reflection is key um, mm -hmm. I'd say carve and be intentional about carving out you know whether it's one to two hours on a weekend or in the evening to really sit down and do some self-reflection a couple of questions that I give you as thought starters are to ask yourself like if you're trying to figure out like your values and um, what you bring to the table write down uh, like ask yourself the question what is it that people often come to me for advice or help on? Mm -hmm. And then identify certain themes that that, you know, links that that ladders up to, because oftentimes you can find like people come, it basically shows what people view you as an expert on. If you mm -hmm. ask yourself that question, like, what are they often coming to you for? What are like, you know, if you're trying to find out like what value, what you value and what motivates you, like, what are the things that you can spend hours doing and not get tired of? Like yeah. that's, that means that they, that those things are bringing you energy. They're not draining you mm -hmm. of energy. They're actually bringing you energy and lights you up. Um, write down, like if you go back to that list of accomplishments and things that you've done, you can start to highlight themes in that to see like, oh, here's where my talents, you know, lie because like in everything that I'm doing in my accomplishments, here are the ones that show up the most, the most um, types of skill sets that, you know, continue to show themselves throughout. And the other thing that you can do is like ask some people who are close to you, um, whether it's a mix, I, I honestly recommend like a mix of coworkers, some friends and some family, like what do they think that your talents are? Like, what do they think that you do best? And I think the wide range of people like coworkers, friends and family can help you also see some themes as well. Mm -hmm. And then it helps give you external perspective because I often find when talking to clients that some people um undervalue what is truly their talent because they feel like oh this comes so easy to me like that's something anybody and everybody can do mm -hmm. so by asking other people 
you might realize that, hey, other people have identified that, you know, something that you thought was small is actually a talent or a gift of yours that you're selling yourself, selling yourself short on. And so doing that kind of evaluation externally is also helpful. Yeah, I love that because it's always going to be the people who are observing you on a daily basis who will be like, oh, shoot, like Tasha's so great at that. But you're just, you know, going around like doing what you do. Like you're not going to see it in yourself. I find that that's happened to me oftentimes. And I'm like, are you sure? Even with like podcasts, <laughs> I'm like you're so great at this, you know, you're you X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? You really think? So I like right. being able to be told that you have a talent is like, really exciting because you're like oh man like wow I've been like overlooking this the whole time absolutely <laughs> so I really love that um but I wanted to ask you you know how would you define a glow up and what would be your glow tip for the listeners today yes yeah, so I feel like a glow up is really a transition in your life where you are going to the next level in yeah. a sense of fulfillment Mm-hmm. Like, so not going to this next level in the, just like the sense of a title or a salary, but a glow up. If I think about it, like the way I envision, like the person literally glowing, like, and it's glowing in the sense of vibrancy mm-hmm. from the inside out. Like you can tell that this person has so much joy, fulfillment, and is confident in who they are and that they've reached a level where they're not looking for external validation but they are truly happy and fulfilled with where they are. And so for me, that's how I define a glow up is truly embracing and embodying all of who you are and being at one of your most content or um, happiest and most fulfilled places. Yes. 100. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your glow tip for the ladies? And my glow tip is to show up boldly and authentically all of who you are because I feel like that is fundamental um wearing that mask can prevent people from truly glowing up and so I encourage you to really take the mask off show up in your full authentic self be bold and confident in it and know that when God created you he created you without mistake and so that should be your main reason why you show up in all of who you are because if you don't, you're not really living out all of who God has created and intended you to be. Um, and so show up in that fullness. And so that's what I challenge everybody to do. I know that from personal experience, it can take some time and it's easier said than done. But find one thing that you can do to implement that starting tomorrow. Like, you know, for me, it's one of the small things that I did on the beginning of my journey was even just a small thing on name change. So officially, like my full name is Latasha. Mm -hmm. However, and outside of work, like family and friends call me Tasha. Mm -hmm. Previously, in all my like formal air quote spaces, like work and um, in school, I would go by Latasha. Mm -hmm. One of the times when I was at work, um, a friend of mine who, who also worked with me, but was like a true friend outside of work called my name and was like, Tasha, and it literally startled me and made me like, like literally like raise up. I had a reaction like, oh my gosh, who knows me? And I was like, <laughs> why did I have that reaction? I was like, I literally had a self-reflection be like, dang, that's bad that I had that type of like literally startled reaction yeah, from, somebody, 
from somebody calling my like nickname at work. Yeah. And what it made me realize is like, dang, this mask that I'm wearing is a little bit too heavy to wear. Like, even when somebody calls me by what I'm used to being called outside of work, and it's like, who knows me here? Like, wait, what? Yeah. And so one of the small things that I did was to say, hey, okay, from this point on, I'm literally going into all the corporate systems, changing my name to Tasha, telling everybody to start calling me Tasha, because it's a reminder for me to bring all of my full self um, and all of who I am to work and not show up as two separate people. And so there's small things that you can do to start to make that change of being boldly and authentically who you are, both in and outside of work. I love that. Tasha, that was a plus, like, thank you so much for sharing that. You shared so many gems. Um, you know, and thank you for joining me today for really um, sharing your story and your development and your career and how you help other women feel less uncomfortable and, you know, that they can thrive in the workplace and outside of it. Um, I wanted to ask you kind of like real quick to pick your brain about, you know, when working with your clients, do you find that, you know, you're working with potentially a woman who has got the fancy title. She's got the six figures, but they are still feeling stuck and they don't know what they're looking forward to. And in case someone is listening today and feeling that way, you know, what, what would you encourage them? What would you leave them with today? Um, you know, cause I feel like we thrive so much on getting all these accolades like, Oh, I got, you know, the director, I got the, this title, the manager and this, um, but then why does it feel so sucky at the top sometimes? So yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to pick your brain right quick before I let you go um, on your thoughts on that or your experiences. Yes, that is so true. I've been in that boat. I've talked to many other women who've also been in that boat. And the key, one of the key insights or learnings for me is to be clear about what you ultimately want and where you're headed because I find that a lot of people end up climbing the corporate ladder but don't even really want what's at the top mm. so really take some time to think about yeah. like where your path is taking you today do you really want what's at the top or not because you might need to change directions and that's okay and you should and so the advice that I would give for you know the women that are out there in that space where maybe you got the fancy titles you got the accolade you got the six figures but you're still feeling stuck and you're, it's not everything you thought it was going to be like one, like acknowledge that and own it, like be real with yourself mm -hmm. and then start to figure out, well, what do you truly want? Like, what is it that motivates you? Like I talked about earlier in the self-reflection, like what drives you, what motivates you? What is your um, passion? What do you feel is your purpose? Like what are the problems that you would like to solve in the world to help other people? Um, and so that's, that's exactly what I help my clients go through. And so definitely reach out if you want some help going through that, but that would be my main tip or piece of advice is to one, own it, be real with yourself. Don't just feel like, oh, maybe it's just the next job that's going to solve it. Or, you know, the next promotion that's going to solve it, like truly be real with yourself and take some time to, um, self-reflect and adjust and realize that you don't have to do everything all at once. So some of the things that I've heard women talk about is like, even though they're not fulfilled and they feel stuck because they have the fancy title and they have the very secure salary, they are fearful of switching and making a pivot yeah. because they're like, I don't want to lose this financial security. I want to encourage you to know that 
you can make a pivot while also still having financial security. It's called putting a plan together. You don't have to completely like drop your job all at once and leave and go do something else. You can put a plan together on how you're going to transition in a way that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so that's important. Such great advice. Thank you. So to wrap up, I wanted to ask you, you know, what's on your glow goals for the rest of this year? Do you have any exciting things going on with Real Talk Tasha? And where can we find you online? Yes. So my glow goals for this year are expanding the number of, expanding the list of the number of women that I am able to impact and help unleash and be their full authentic selves while thriving and succeeding um, in their careers because that's one of the things that one of the things that lights me up. I really love seeing black and brown women thrive um, and being able to help them on that journey. And so I want to increase the number of women that I'm able to impact. In addition to that, on my list is continuing to, you know, help companies and leaders within organizations create inclusive environments. So I'm excited that I have, you know, several um, engagements booked already where I'm doing trainings with the uh, university that that does um, corporate programs to help create more inclusive environments. And so to be able to break down those walls within companies um, is something that really excites me as well. And in terms of where you can find me, you can find me on IG, Instagram at Real Talk Tasha. That's R E A L T A L K T A S H A, Real Talk Tasha on IG, make sure to click the follow button. And then also I would love it, love to engage with you guys. So please share any ahas from the podcast and be sure to tag me, send me a DM. I would love to get to know you better. Amazing. Well, guys, be sure to check out Tasha. Tasha, thank you so much for your time, for your gems, for your knowledge. It was so fun to have you on today. And guys, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glove Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect. 